Hey, hey, today is part two of Mommy Gets the Christmas Sads and Young David Wets His Pants on His Tennis Court. Welcome to a bonus episode of Growing Up With The Kids podcast. A bonus episode of Growing Up With Kids. Hurtful, Rachel. You right sound, to my heart. You sound really dumb. <laughs> Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You very, very much. That's what I'm here for. Encouragement all the time. All right. So we're going to post this the same day as our previous episode. Um, we recorded that a few days ago, and we've had some time to talk through it and think about it. Right. And, and the it is? The previous episode. <laughs> What if someone's tuning in to just this one? Hey, uh, new Go tuners. back to the previous episode. Uh, so uh, episode 16, um, which is going up live at the same day, uh, we were going to talk about something totally different, and we ended up talking about how hard Christmas season can be. Yes. I think uh, what came out was I was pretty honest about mommy being sad on Christmas. Um, and not just on Christmas, but through no, the like Christmas season. From like November 15th uh, through maybe January 7th. Yeah. And not that you are constantly sad or sad every year, but right. that there are times in which you feel sad, uh, that you feel a lot of weight and expectation on you. Yeah. Um, I think we identified that you feel alone in carrying a lot of that weight. Yeah. Uh, that goes along with celebrating the holiday. Yeah. Um, and so we spent a little bit of time on that podcast working through how you felt, and I do really appreciate your honesty. Um, I thought that was really brave and um, and helpful for me and hopefully helpful for people who listen who might be able to relate to that or have a spouse who can relate to that. Um, and we did discuss some real practical steps that we're starting to implement. Right. Um, but the goal of this conversation is not really to talk about those because as we talk through the practical steps, which are important, um, like if I just said, hey, go buck up <laughs> and have a better attitude without stepping into that with you uh, and finding some solutions, that's not very helpful. But um, we also, not realize, but as we talked about it, just process that there is a spiritual and emotional side of all of this that we really wanted to delve into. Yes. Um, and so as part of our podcast, which we've been doing now for about three months, um, we, this probably comes through uh, to, to many people, uh, we are Christians and um, have a strong faith in Jesus. Um, but we don't really talk a ton about that because we feel like there's a lot of uh, wisdom and humor and encouragement for anybody around parenting and about around marriage yeah. uh, that we would like to address and that all people would feel welcome uh, being part of that conversation and again hopefully feel encouraged and maybe walk away with some some ideas right regardless of whether they have faith in any particular religion or are a religious um, really want it to be an open and welcoming community Th that being said I think that there is a specifically unique uh, Christian aspect to Christmas that we wanted to kind of talk through as we process this. Is that a fair way yeah, of saying that? Absolutely. I think that one way that I think about our podcast, just to sort of frame this conversation is like when we were looking for parenting podcasts, um, we frequently found people who were really cynical 
um, and a little bit dark, which was sometimes encouraging and funny, but sometimes not. And then I would find people who were um, doing everything really well. And I also couldn't relate with that. Like, that didn't make sense to me. And so... Um, we wanted to land in the middle with some honesty and... Or bounce back and forth between the two. Yeah, exactly. And laugh at our mistakes and just kind of, you know, dork around with each other. I don't know that either of us expected the response that we've had, which has been delightful and fun. Um, But with that said, part of the honest um, piece is that we are believers. And part of the Christmas season is that we do love Jesus. We do believe that the season is... um, is here to celebrate a king coming to earth. Um, I think a lot of people might find a spiritual element um, in the season. I know that there are a lot of international holidays that obviously celebrate around the season as well. Um, And I guess what um, came out last time was when we got off the mic, I felt like there was like a fix-it, a Mr. Fix-It plan, um, which is great. So we did take a step back and looked at... um, how to make mommy less sad in some ways, like how to relieve some of the pressure and take the weight off, which I think is a really normal response um, in a marriage um, for the wife to say I'm overwhelmed or things are going poorly and the husband to say, let's fix it, let's just figure out a plan and let's do this. Um, But when I got off the mic, I just felt like, gosh, there's more to this story in my heart that um, should be engaged. And while we did take some of those steps and used some of the things that you suggested. So we like took a step back. We looked at the calendar. Um, we looked at what gifts we were getting, um, talked about Christmas cards, et cetera. You know, like we, I feel like we got a good grasp on sort of the logistics of the season. Right. Um, but I still felt sad. And so I, I also feel like, not many people are talking about that. I think there's a lot of uh, rhetoric out there right now that says, you know, if you download this app and you are meditating, you're going to feel much more peaceful through the season. Um, If you're praying more or if you're having time with Jesus in the morning, um, like uh, like it's, again, it's more like fix it. It's stuff that we have to do. But the reality is that I do actually live um, as a Christian then my faith says, you actually don't have to do anything. Um, The Lord has come to save you, and that's it. And so I just um, was curious why I'm uh, still sort of torn and sad. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me, and it's sort of worth laughing about because the episode before the one we just recorded was about engaging our kids' hearts and not <laughs> fixing their problems. It is laughable. I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean, like, that's exactly right. That's where it begins is um, I tried to I try to fix myself. I try to fix David. and um, Yeah. So um, I think the two things we're holding in tension is, one, there were specific things that, I could step in and we could process together to make things better. But two, or the other side of that coin, is that that doesn't fix um, the underlying feelings and that a lot of times around holidays, be they religious or not, uh, there is a sense that we should be happy, we should be joyful, we should feel complete and whole. And I think one of the things we're saying is that it is really normal to not feel those things and in fact to feel sad or lonely 
or broken. Um, or overwhelmed. Or, or overwhelmed. Like, I do feel like if you're already, I mean, I feel like our family runs at high capacity. Like, we are, or we're at capacity. And so you throw in Christmas on top of that, and you've got, like, all these extra, like, programs to go to, cards to send, meals to cook, planning to do. Like, there's right. just a ton of stuff, more people in your house, like what we talked about the last episode, more babysitters to schedule. And then there's, um, I was talking with a friend today who was like, I'm not going to see my kids for four nights in a row, um, a couple weeks in a row, because we have so much going on. And I think we miss our kids during the season. Um, and that's not just like a matter of logistics. That's a matter of saying, how am I going to engage in this? Um, and like, yeah, I think normalizing the fact that sometimes we're missing a person at the table that year, um, mm -hmm. or we feel sort of empty, like, ah, uh, the gifts are not sufficient. Um, well, and not to jump over that last thing, which I think is really significant because probably all of us have someone who we remember from our childhood or young adults who are really close to us who are part of holidays yes. all throughout the year. And so you get to the holiday season of holiday seasons in America where there's so much going on between Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, New Year's. And it's really hard not to think about one or many people that are no longer with us. Right. Um, and again, that stuff often gets brushed aside. Because um, you're not supposed to feel sad. Yeah. I mean, or, like, that's that's literally the pressure that yeah, I feel. Right. Yeah. It, or the, you know, that things have not worked out the way we thought they would in our family or in work or in other areas of our life. You watch all these movies, and we love a handful of Christmas movies, most of which no one else <laughs> thinks are Christmas <laughs> movies, but they take place near Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's always, like, a happy ending or, you know, it's all about family or we solved this, blah, blah, blah. I found the real meaning of whatever. Um, but it, you don't always feel that. Like, you right. feel the loss of life has not gone the way I wanted to. I've lost a loved one. So My marriage, uh, I'm not married. Or, right. You know, like, there's a tremendous amount of grief. But I think, I think what I um, really struggle with is I – don't like there are people missing from our table like there are p people who have been significant to me around the holidays that we've lost and being far away from home like there are things that I'm sad about but the truth is like I look around and I'm like I have an amazing life like I'm living this American life that's full of everything I could possibly want how is it possible that I still feel sad mm -hmm. like I and I shouldn't. It's that's the word. The should. Like I. I feel like I. I just want to correct you. Yeah. It is okay to feel sad. What you're saying is you think you right. shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. But I, that, for anyone listening who feels sad or overwhelmed or anxious, yes. what we're trying to do is actually normalize that and say most people feel that at some point during yes. the end of the year holidays. Just like most people might feel sad on July 22 or whatever, you know, like. Like, emotions can come and go, but there's this pressure around the holidays that makes you feel like, I should not be ungrateful. I should not be unhappy. I should not be disappointed. Um, and in fact, I should be glowing and glorious, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that can especially ring true for moms. You could speak to that um, about dads. Obviously, I'm not a dad. So, um, but as a mom, like, just like feeling like you should be able to carry it all and do everything and make everything really great um, and not really say much about sort of the 
disappointment you have inside. Yeah, I think one of the things you're identifying is that there's this longing. There's this longing for perfection. There's this longing uh-huh. for peace in our hearts. There's this longing for unconditional love. And uh, I think moms carry a lot of the weight of making the holidays feel a certain way and trying to create an environment for their kids and their family. And it never is perfect. Right. And, ne- and so you can't fulfill that longing. Or even if you do, it's very fleeting for a moment. Yeah. You know, oh, that was great. And then, I mean, I, I remember being a kid and so much excitement about presents. And literally, it was like 10 to 20 minutes after I finished opening them, I just felt this deep sadness. Huh. Because... Interesting. Because the anticipation is really exciting. Yeah. But the gifts never fulfill. I mean, I, I liked my gifts every year, and I, it wasn't like I wasn't going to s- still play with them, but there was just a sense of, like, letdown of, oh, there's nothing to look forward to. Mm-hmm. It's almost the not knowing uh, and the anticipation that's more, more than mm-hmm. half of the fun. Mm-hmm. Another thing I remember that's um, when we lived in Denver before we were married, I, just have to, I can remember this house uh, and I remember exactly where it was that I was driving by or stopped at a red light and I looked over and it was this cute, like kind of bungalow looking house. Mm. And it was clear that they were having a Christmas party. It was all lit up with lights on the outside and then you could see people on the inside. And I remember just having this moment of, Oh, I can't wait till we're married and we can afford a house and we'll have Christmas parties like that. Mm. And essentially I didn't say these exact words to myself, but it was essentially then I'll feel whole. Then I'll feel like everything's, you know, that I belong uh, and I'm wanted and I have real relationship. Um, And one of the things I've been thinking about the last couple of days is we have all these parties. We have real good friends. I think we're really blessed in a lot of ways. Um, But I'll still go to those parties. And at some point, either during the party or after we leave, I'll feel this sense of like, oh, that was it's incomplete. Does that make sense? Like I'll have yeah. fun. I'll connect with people I really like, many of whom I see regularly, some who I only see once a year, but it just like, it'll either be fleeting or it'll mm-hmm. just be short of what my longing is. Yes, totally. I, I totally agree. I think the longing is an important, I, I actually think the longing as a Christian is an important part of the season, like to engage in. Um, what do you mean by that? I just long for heaven. I long for perfection. And it's, um, I think I'm sad that it's not here yet. You know, like, um, I long to feel peace through prayer and meditation. And um, I just long to feel peace. Like, <laughs> however, yeah. you know, like, I long for my heart to stop worrying. I long to feel like, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. And everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and that I won't have to wake up tomorrow and worry again. Exactly. I mean, it um, it rings true to an old hymn where it says, Come thou long-expected Jesus. Like, mm. there is longing because he is long, um, he's long-expected, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I'm thrown off a little bit by my mom calling on the <laughs> phone. <laughs> she probably is like... Bad timing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I do, I long for perfection. And I think if we're really honest with ourselves, we all long for perfection. Um, we long for heaven on earth. You know, there are, um, movies made for that very reason. So can I ask a question? No. All right. And that's the <laughs> end think, of our podcast. I think we're done here. <laughs> We've been pretty vulnerable 
Ugh, yeah. Um, so in that, like, if we come to accept that it's okay that we feel sadness on and off or throughout the season, if we come to accept that there's a longing that won't be fulfilled this side of heaven, um, what is it that you want from me as your husband hmm. and from and for our family uh, as we go through the Christmas season? I think the um, thing that comes to mind most quickly is presence. Um, not like give not me presence. Presence <laughs> with a C. Right. Uh, I, I think of looking uh, our boys in the eye mm-hmm. and taking them in. I think of um, taking mental photographs of what's happening around me, mm-hmm. um, of good friends and of good family. Um, I think of, I think from you, what I really long for more than anything is for you to say, hey, I'm on your team. I think that's year round, but um, for you to say, you're not alone in this and I can handle your grumpy or your sad um, and not to say it's okay for me to like lash out or be unkind, but I think it's easier to be kind in feeling this longing or this like this desire for peace in this season or unmet, unmet desire. It's easier. (laughs) I don't know how to say this. It's easier to feel the unmet desire without you forcing me to try to feel something different or anyone else for that matter, but for you to be a protector of my sadness in some ways to say, Hey, it's okay. Um, gives me freedom to say it is okay. Like I am disappointed or I, um, I think it's sad that we have a hole in the stockings or, you know, I'm sad that, um, the tree falls down or whatever, you know, like, like these, physical things, not just saying, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to fix it. We'll get it fixed. We'll get new stockings. We'll get blah, blah, blah. Try to like shove something in there. But yeah. um, but you protecting me with that, um, I think is really helpful. Yeah. So leaving room for the negative feelings we have and to allow those to just to, to be together in those things. Yeah. And when you say protect you to protect you from me or anyone else, including yourself saying, Oh, just get over it or don't worry about it. Or it's going to be fine. Buck up little camper any of that sort of thing. And I would dare say that most people would be like, Hey, it's okay. Like, I, I think that, um, I really do believe people are more loving than we think they are because I think we are our own worst enemy. You know, I think it's my voice in my head. I was talking with a friend today who was like, I have a mean girl in my head who's like telling me all these crazy lies, which is totally true. Um, The mean girl in my head around this season says, you're not enough. You're not doing enough. The gifts you're giving teachers aren't enough. The gifts you're giving to your in-laws aren't enough. Your home is not warm enough. You didn't rake the leaves. You don't have snow. Like none of those things I can really control. Some of them I can. But um, that's the mean girl inside um, who's just very unkind to me. Um, and it's, it's much less about other people looking at me that way. Yeah. I think that's another role for spouses to do with each other is to speak kind truth against the mean girl or the mean boy, I guess, in my yeah. <laughs> the bully <laughs> so in my head. There you go. The bully. That's better. That's a Yeah. Better I mean, term. there is a bully in my head that says similar things. You're not enough. You're not whatever. You're not doing enough. You're not performing well enough in your marriage, at work, as a father, 
uh, people don't like you, all those things. Yeah. And so for both of us to be able to say, no, here's what's really true. Like yeah. you are loved, you are safe here, even though we're, our marriage is not perfect. Right. You know, your kids love you, even though you're not a perfect dad, uh, all those sorts of things. And, and not to your point to say, oh, it's going to be fine. Just get over it. Right. But to say, yeah, like I get, I get that you feel sad and I want you to know that I'm with you and I love you in this moment. Um, and I think that's a real powerful thing for spouses to do for each other. I think it's a powerful thing for fathers and mothers to do for their kids. And I think it's a powerful thing to do for our dear friends, like people we're close with Mm -hmm. to speak that to them and say, Hey, I'm with you Mm -hmm. and I love you. And whether you're full of joy or really sad and down or overwhelmed or any other feeling, Mm -hmm. I'm in your corner and rooting for you. And, and I'm glad you're here this Christmas. Yeah. Even if you're not physically able to be together. Exactly. I think that's exactly right. I think of that like, you know, we started with, um, or at least I, I opined on why we're doing this podcast. We never really did an intro, um, like a first episode, like, hey, here's David and yep. so-and-so, whatever. Um, Rachel. There's no so-and-so. <laughs> it's David and Rachel. David and so-and-so. Oh, y'all so-and-so. I'll, I'll have a guest wife next week. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see who you pick. I picked John Krasinski. Yeah, you do. <laughs> All yours. Oh, that could change. I mean, a few years ago, it was Jimmy Fallon, so you never know. Oh, man, that went downhill. (laughs) Too much laughing during the interviews. Too much laughing. Oh, that's probably me. That's why I like him, (laughs) because I just laugh all the time. Um, But, I mean, the reason that we do this podcast is because we would like to fight the bully and the mean girl in you as parents. Like, we think there's a lot of noise out there that you could use a sword to slay it. Um... And to be a voice of reason and a voice of truth um, with some humor. Uh, hopefully we're funny. Who knows? Rate us. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rach. This, um, was that your fake laugh? I mean, it was my laugh. Ha, <laughs> 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 Chuckle. It wasn't fake. <laughs> but it certainly, it certainly wasn't a big laugh. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've told better jokes before. I don't. I know. That wasn't. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, this has probably been two of the more um, difficult uh, podcasts for us to do, not in a bad way, but just like trying to figure out as we go through them what we really feel um, and what we're experiencing. So, But they've been really rewarding, and I appreciate doing it with you. Yeah. I mean, uh, it'll go out tomorrow. We'll see what y'all think. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> be kind. Don't be a mean girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We appreciate that. Um, I do have a real quick stat of the week, if you have a minute. Yeah, of course I do. All right, Rach. Rach. So, <laughs> Rach. <laughs> I've got a personal stat of the week. A personal. Personal. Oh, there we go. So it's a stat about just... my life. Awesome. And in fact, it's a stat of the day because I want you to guess how many... Uh, times I had food-related fiascos today. No Just way. today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How many do you think? Uh, I will tell you it's under 10. Okay. That's good. 22. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to work on our uh, over-unders later. <laughs> um, okay, so I would say, I'm guess. well, I know you spilled coffee on yourself. I'm guessing you ate lunch, so there's number two. I'm guessing you probably had a snack, so there's number three. I'm going to guess four. Oh, just under that. It is three. 
So, what? Yeah, in order. I was so close. In order. Um, one, I was at work this morning, really well dressed for me. <laughs> like sweater vest, shirt red that pants. matched my pants. Red uh, pants. Yeah, the, the infamous red pants. And I have these two big monitors, and I pulled one monitor forward to look behind it. It doesn't matter why. Knocked over a full cup of coffee. Oh, my gosh. All down the front. Somehow it got on the back of my leg. <laughs> it went into my seat. Uh, and my coworkers are so nice because I kind of work in a small space where there's like six of us. Two of them are grabbing paper towels for me, helping me clean literally underneath my chair. <laughs> oh my Somehow the water gosh. goes up. It goes down Did it and get up on your again. computer? No, it was close to my keyboard, oh, and my man. one of my coworkers was like, "Oh, move your keyboard." And I was like, "That's the least of my worries," because I love those <laughs> pants and I love that sweater vest. That was the least of your worries. Yeah, it's it was the most uh, expensive of your worries. Well, it's not. It wasn't the keyboard on a laptop. It was like a, just a separate keyboard. Oh, okay. Anyway, so that's number one. Okay. Yes. Number two. So then you came home. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was so note. bad that I, I had one meeting in you person. Had to leave school to I had come to leave home because you wet your pants. <laughs> Hurtful. <laughs> Because that actually happened to me when I was a kid. <laughs> you had to leave school because you went. No, your pants. remember I had to leave a tennis tournament because I peed my pants <laughs> on the court. <laughs> I'm glad you're having fun. <laughs> you're making my Christmas sad. <laughs> Daddy's sad. <laughs> so you peed your pants on the court. The story it's never gets so old. embarrassing. <laughs> I was in a doubles tournament, and it was like <laughs> middle school and an elementary schooler or something on each team, and I was the elementary schooler. And oh. I, uh, anyway, anyway, could you, could you not interrupt and like go I, to the bathroom? You know how like meek and how I hate interrupting people. Because <laughs> yes. my You're teammate like, was like, "Hey, you could have just told us you need to go to the bathroom." And I was like, "I oh, know." <laughs> now I just feel terrible, you are, Rachel. You are polite to a fault. Yes. No, I'm not. I am a wuss, and that's going to come back. Remember that when we get to number three. That I just don't like conflict. So okay. the second thing the is... The third food yeah. incident. Yes. Okay. So, oh, it was like full the circle. number three. We already have three kids. <laughs> no, What's no, no, the no. other number three? So I go get some food um, on the way to drop all my clothes off at the dry cleaner so that I get the coffee doesn't stick. Yep. I get some food. There are some fries in there. Um, I leave them in the back seat because all my clothes are in the front seat. I'm reaching back. I grab the fries drop them, knock them over, they all drop on the floor <laughs> in the back seat, which is ridiculously gross because our kids ride in that car pretty regularly. Gross. Yeah. They bathe. I ate them. I don't care. <laughs> not. Yeah, I got a lot of extra protein from all the dirt and grass. <gasps> oh, that's so gross. So that's number two. And then number three, which is maybe the least of the fiascos, but to me the funniest. So I was working at a coffee shop today after I dropped off all my stuff. And I had to go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. And so I didn't want to leave uh, my computer out, obviously. But I wanted to save my seat. So I left um, a bunch of papers that if someone stole, wouldn't matter. Like there's some reports I printed out to review. Sure. And then I left my coffee cup. Oh, and I left my notebook. Darn Like coffee. my work notebook. I go into the bathroom. I come out. There's literally a guy who looks like he's in college, uh-huh. maybe high school, just sitting in my seat with all my stuff right in front of him. He doesn't even have a drink. He's just playing on his phone. And so I walk over and I start cleaning up my stuff kind of like over his shoulder. (laughs) And he just sort of looks at me and then looks back at his phone. And this is me too afraid of conflict. I just take it all, put it in my bag and slink away to a different seat. Love. Rachel. Oh my gosh. Oh, it was, I wasn't embarrassed, but... Once I sat down, I actually got a better seat. It was fine, but it, but 
I would have moved even if I was getting a worse seat because I'm yeah. so, I hate conflict so much. <laughs> and so I pee on tennis courts and I let people steal my <laughs> my coffee shop seats. Just, oh my god! But who just sits down like? The coffee cup was half full. Yeah, that's weird. And there were a bunch of papers and a notebook. That is so weird. It that's was, so weird. It was not really tactfully done by him. No. But anyway, so three food-related ridiculous that's fiascos fantastic. today. It was a great day. <laughs> I stepped in dog poop yesterday, which I'm going to post a picture oh on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. It's so been gross. a terrible start to December. <laughs> we're two days in. Yesterday, last night, we were eating pizza. And didn't you eat the pizza that fell, like, face up on a oh, wall? Oh, there was right? pizza so was sitting like, on our kid's plate that looks like, really good. And I went to bite it. And they're like, oh, that dropped on the floor. And I was like, oh, now I see all the carpet, like, threads in it. <laughs> I mean, I took a small bite of that one. So and I spit gross. it out. I did you spit are, that one out. You're not batting I did not spit out the french fries, though. So good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so Rachel. Well, I'm glad I could bring you a little bit of joy oh, through my yeah. stupidity. That is the season. There we go. <laughs> That's right. Till next week, thank you for working on the farm. Thank you for working on the farm. Check ya. Yeah.